Welcome to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know on what's happening in Orange, Lake, Osceola, and Seminole counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and homebrew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, or make wine. Visit www.cfhb.org. Now, here's your host, Mike Kara. Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Mike Carroll Radio Show, the Central Florida Buzz, as today we are at Inner Compass Brewing Company, 300 East 2nd Street in beautiful Sanford, Florida, as we are continuing our look at great uh, craft breweries of Central Florida. With me today is Dylan Bayshore, who is one of the owners of Inner Compass Brewing uh, Company, and uh, Dylan, pleasure on you could join me today, and we understand that you kind of co-founded this uh, place and first of all let's talk a little bit about how you came up with the name inner compass where does that come from so that came from uh i mean when we first started doing stuff we obviously went through trying to pick out one of those cheesy names like bitter end or something like that but those were all taken so we decided to take a step back and really think about why we were doing this and it kind of came about because it's like what we're doing we're following our inner compass so we checked if that name was available and it was and we rolled with it so before this uh dylan you were a home brewer you did a lot of home brewing um before this i was uh with my the guy who i co-founded the company was robert turner uh home brewing with him he started home brewing and invited me over and it kind of like spun from there we did a home brewing for a couple years before we decided to kind of take a crack at this so Okay, and so when you started this place, then you had to have a lot bigger equipment, a lot, I mean, was it an interesting transition to go commercial to make all this beer professionally, or? I mean, honestly, like, with the technology available today, it wasn't even that hard of a transition, honestly. I mean, uh, big credit goes out to the guys that we got our equipment from, Alpha Brewing Operations out of Nebraska. They make great equipment, and... uh, through the use of like getting the right equipment and like using tools that they have nowadays like beersmith where you can they could it helps you upscale the recipes to like a bigger size it wasn't as hard as a transition as we thought it would be to be honest so dylan for these recipes were these recipes you were doing when you were home brewing or did you come up with a whole new list of recipes or no the the first four beers that we opened with were recipes that we had done over and over and over again when we were homebrewing until we uh, got them where we wanted them so yeah definitely like we had been working on those recipes for a while Oh, so now you have a certain amount of uh, beers uh, that we could, well, the audience can't see the beers, but right now you've got your certain set of beers you have here? Yeah, I mean, you have what you would consider, we always try to have what you would uh, normally consider core beers. Yeah, we have those. That would be um, our no-hitter IPA, which is a uh, East Coast-style IPA, so it's more balanced, not over-the-top bitter. It's perfect balance between malt and uh, hops. And then you, we have our Kolsch, Bridge the Gap Kolsch. It's like a lighter style. The easiest way to describe that is a uh, ale version of a Pilsner. So people who are not are just kind of getting into craft beer, it's like more for them. And like that's why we call it Bridge the Gap because it's kind of bridging that gap between not being into craft beer and getting into craft beer. And then we um, 
We don't have it on right now, but we usually we started with the Super Cereal Saison, which is a Belgian far, uh, like a farmhouse style ale, which is very uh, malty and has like a sweeter note to it. And then uh, we still have it on is our Meh Milk Stout, and like people really enjoy that one. It's like a like a very smooth, easy drinking stout. Oh, so you've got a little bit of uh, everything for er- everyone. You you try to varietize the styles then. As you yeah, say. yeah, we try to do, we have like something that is like across the board so that there's kind of something for everyone, like you said, yeah. And did you mention you had like a blonde ale or like a, a lighter beer or? Yeah, that's the Kolsch. Oh, that's yep. the Kolsch. Yep. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've had Kolsch's. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're good, yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's uh, one one thing. Like uh, when you come here, you you can get just about any any style Kolsch. And so I mean, you you have a certain like uh, like I guess levels from you know like lightest to darkest or lightest to heaviest. Then I mean, sir, like if people want to say, well, I like the Kolsch, I want to take it one step further. Then you could recommend beers. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're pretty good at that. Like I mean, there's certain like people will try to come in and say like, oh, what's your favorite beer? But the thing is. It's not necessarily what someone else's favorite beer. Right. So I tell them it doesn't matter what like my favorite beer is because I drink like everything. What I try to do is like, what do you usually drink? And I'll find you something that's like, if not that beer, something really close to that beer, so that maybe you can expand your horizons a little bit. You know, I mean, is that part of the inspiration again? Not to make clones of commercial beers, but you know, people have their favorite. Uh beers to take inspiration from like yingling and certain certain beers to make the style you know welcoming then yeah i mean like people will come in and use those as examples for sure like people will be like oh i'm into yingling or i'm into i usually drink like millers or coors or something i could i could find you something it's not going to be exactly like that beer but in in the craft beer world there'll be something that's close but it'll be craft so it's it'll be in my opinion tastes better but like it's if you're used to that style i can get you something that's comparable to that style that i think you'll enjoy so uh did you mention you have uh, ales i could probably just look over there but yeah everything we do right now are all yeah everything we're doing right now is an ale Mm-hmm. Oh, so we haven't done, pretty we, much ale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything that. that we do here is yeah, an ale. We haven't really done. We haven't done any loggers or um, yeah. We haven't done any loggers or pilsners yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Is there any plans of doing loggers or pilsners? Uh, potentially in the future. It takes a lo- it takes longer to yeah, make those. Yeah. They have to sit usually for like a couple months before they're ready. So, but I mean, in the future, we're looking at doing some of those for sure. So right now we are in the tap room. So the the brewery is somewhere here, or where where do you? Uh, brew brewery the- is actually on the other side of the wall there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so you brew. So how many beers do you usually brew at once? Then uh, it takes about like the brewing process a couple hours for a batch. But I mean, we have a seven barrel system, so we really don't have to brew too too often. So like every like couple months we'll have to brew like when we're getting low on a beer we'll brew more to re-up the stock because from like start to end it takes about for us is like two two to three weeks give or take to have a beer from brewed to like carbonated up and kegged and stuff like that for us so oh so now do you do anything with like 
fruit, fruit beers or anything with like other ingredients, interesting ingredients? I mean, the, uh, usually we haven't, but for, uh, they recently had the Central Florida Top Brewers uh, Beer Festival. And so oh, yeah. uh, we uh, drew some ingredients for that and we ended up doing a brown ale with lactose sugar. And our two ingredients that we had to use in there were raisins and leeches. So we did one using those. Oh, so I mean, when you you go to this top brewer, uh, you know, when you take part in it, do ever you feel like, oh, maybe that's a beer we we could use, or do you ever get inspirations from when you're making all these crazy beers to create possibly something that you'd actually have on tap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the good part about that festival. It kind of make forces you to get out of your comfort zone. And try something new. And, yeah, you could definitely take inspiration from not only the stuff that you draw, but seeing the other stuff that other brewers make with certain ingredients and say, like, hey, I think maybe this would work with this, you know. So it's a, it's def- that's, like, one of my favorite beer fests that they do around here for sure. Oh, so so ra- raisins, was that something new for, for you to w- w- work with? or? Yeah, that was definitely something new for us to work with. I mean, um, there's a beer that Cigar City makes. It's an oatmeal raisin cookie, and it's a brown as well. Um, that's the only t- other beer ever really that I can remember that had, like, uses raisins in it. So it was definitely a first for us. And I, I'd, I've known of beers that have used it before successfully, but it was definitely a first-time, like, venture for us using that in a beer. Oh, so yeah, that that's the thing when you're trying to de- develop the perfect uh, beer. I mean, is there? I mean, when you start it, do you obviously do like small batches? I mean, when you you create a beer from scratch, scratch or I mean, do you usually use a, a recipe, or do you how much research you put research into it? Or yeah, uh, our. Brewer Robert definitely puts research into it, and we do uh, small batches for sure. We have a pilot, like what you would consider a pilot system, but it was like our home brewing system, and we will use that and uh, brew a very small, usually yields about like one slim keg or maybe a little bit more of the beer just to test it out to see how it tastes before we would do anything like that on a bigger scale. So that way, if it turns out like it doesn't work out, you're not wasting like a lot of money and beer pouring it down the drain if it doesn't work out. So, Dylan, is there a certain, like, uh, brew day, is there a certain time that, uh, you know, you have to brew all the, the, this beer, or is it, is it on d- demand, or you try to stay on top of the demand? Huh? Uh, it's usually on demand. When we see we're running low, then we, like, brew to re-up. But there's, yeah, we don't do certain days. It's just we usually try to make sure we don't run out of something. So if we see it's running low, we make sure we brew it ahead of time to make sure it doesn't run out. Oh, so yeah, always to be prepared. And uh, so, I mean, another thing about getting back to the home brewing, you know, one one thing, you know, we're home brewers and we deal with, you know, kits. But I mean, for you, you're getting these 50 pound, was it 50 pound sacks of grain then? And, and, and you have to mill it yourself too, or? Yeah, when we do it on a large scale, the recipes that we have set up, we uh, we have a, a mill and auger that we mill it ourselves, and it carries it up to the mash tun and drops it in. But when it comes to the smaller batches, we actually still go to the Sanford Homebrew Shop here, and we oh, just yeah. pick up pick up the ingredients there to see how it tests it out before we do it on a large scale. Because I mean, if you if you're doing it on a large scale, we can order it from our supplier BSG. But uh, as far as, like, small batches go, it's just easier to go over there, get the grains from them, mill it there, and then do it on the pilot system than to order big bags from BSG. Oh, 
Oh, that's interesting that you have that ability that you don't always have to, to use a, a, a lot of uh, you know, grain or a lot of different things. You could just go over to uh, Sanford uh, Homebrew then. Yeah, we're, all the brewers are very lucky in that regard down here. We're kind of spoiled in that aspect because they're right around the corner. So if we're ever in need of like maybe like a small part for a pilot system or even the big system, like if we need like some kind of accessory part or some kind of like a small amount of hops or grains or something, we're able to run over there real quick and see if they have it in stock and instead of waiting and ordering it. But and also, even if they don't have it in stock, those guys are great at like ordering and getting you stuff that you need. So it's we're very lucky to have them down here for sure. So uh, now, is do you do any? Well, maybe I'll just look. If you had a honey honey brown, I don't think you do. But is that something that you do or? No, we've never done a honey brown. There's definitely a couple like um, breweries that do those. We haven't made, we haven't done one single beer yet with honey. But that's, oh, okay. I mean, that's something we could yeah. potentially look at doing in the future, okay. though. Okay, uh, Dylan, that sounds great. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back uh, as we are here at Inner Compass Brewing Company, uh, 300 uh, East 2nd Street in beautiful Sanford, Florida, as my guest is uh, Dylan Bayshore, who is the owner of Inner Compass uh, Brewing Company, as we are here today as we cover another great uh, craft brewery in Central Florida for a series we are doing you're listening to the mike Kara radio show the central florida buzz and uh, please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today well welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the mike Kara radio show the central florida buzz as today we are here at inner compass brewing company at 300 east second street in beautiful sanford uh, florida as we are continuing our look at craft breweries and my guest today is owner of inner compass brewing company mr uh, dylan uh, bayshore and dylan is a pleasure and honor that we uh, can join you here in this this beautiful brewery of yours and talk all about craft beer and before we get started again i wanted to mention that this is actually i think my third third craft brewery that I've covered in Sanford and I understand there's even more so can you talk about how it it is with all these craft breweries here in one town does everyone get along is there plenty of business to go around or yeah there's so there's a total of four of us down here and uh there's definitely plenty to go around because the the way that craft beer is I like perfect comparison in my mind is like um eateries and uh, restaurants and you can give uh, the same exact ingredients to uh, Emeril Agassi and uh, Gordon Ramsay and it's gonna the dishes will taste totally different and that's how craft beer is you can give one brewer the same exact ingredients as you do another but the beers will be different because everybody has their own like uh, distinct way of doing things their own style so everything turns out different and everybody has like a different spin on things so it's definitely even though there's four it's four totally different experiences so there's plenty to go around there's actually a fifth one opening up in the future i don't know how long it'll take them but uh d's brothers brewing is going to be opening up so there'll be five of us in the future so do you think that there are like you know 
home brewers in Sanford, or they're, 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 there's even guys that have commercial licenses, but they're just, look, there could be who knows how many. I mean, there could be guys planning to open more in, up here, huh? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a distinct possibility because, I mean, uh, they've created a culture down here in downtown Sanford that's very open to that. The city's open to it. They see uh, how much uh, of a positive thing it is to have craft breweries and the the draw for that so i mean they're very open to that and i they're they're gunning for that i feel like they're very open they actually took uh the city a lot of the officials took a trip to Asheville to talk to the people who run the city of Asheville and get their input on stuff and how they helped foster that beer scene up there so they're they're definitely open and pushing and like they they want that they want a, a city that's open to that and a city that is embracing that kind of culture so it's really awesome to be here and for our uh, audience that might not be familiar with Asheville, I've heard about it that there's supposed to be a lot of breweries. That's supposed to be like the beer ca- capital. That's like a good example of a of a craft brewery place, huh? Yeah, I mean that's like uh, one of the beer meccas as far as like anybody who's like into craft beer takes a trip to Asheville. So I mean, yeah, it's definitely on the East Coast one of the big, big, big beer scenes. Okay, Dylan. So I wanted to talk a little bit, you know, talking about creativity is about all these names for beers and who comes up with these the names. And is there, is there a process? I mean, does the name come first or do you actually taste the beer and then say, mm, I think it should be called this? I mean, actually, as far as brewing goes, that's probably like the the worst or hardest part when it comes to like is naming stuff because like for us it really doesn't i mean we just do it based on the kind of the style of beer not necessarily having to taste it but i mean we're just here at intercompass we're just like a bunch of jokesters and clowns so we just do whatever's kind of like anything that like makes us laugh or something we'll just name the beer after that we don't take it too seriously so but it's definitely the hard part is like naming the beer that's like probably the hardest part i don't know why but it just is for us so yeah i was just looking i'll try to look and talk straight into this microphone but yeah you've got uh yeah brew uh bus and atlantic beach so atlantic beach was there any inspiration uh, as far as you know about that name or like uh there's is there a beach an atlantic beach out there somewhere well actually those are different breweries those are other breweries yeah yeah. so i mean the the ones that we do are the ones we have so we have in the tap room it says inner compass there yeah so we have the yeah we have the ones that we do but uh, in the meantime until we could fill up all the taps we uh carry breweries from around the state of florida to fill out the rest of them and show support to those guys so i mean as far as the ones we do they all have inner compass next to them so like the for instance no hitter ipa that that one we named actually after one of the previous owners this used to be a service station back in the day and uh one of the previous owners was a uh, minor league ball player legend named buddy lake and uh, that beer is named after a no-hitter game that he pitched. So he pitched a 19-inning no-hitter game and then was the person to hit the home run to end the game. So we named that beer after pretty much in, as a nod to him. And it was awesome because we had some of his family members still live in the area, and they came in, and they thanked us for doing that, and they really enjoyed the beer. So it was awesome to be able to do that. 
Oh, and I wasn't going to ask you a question about this, this raise in hell, you know. What, but now I get it. Raise in hell. Now yeah, I yeah, finally, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I got that now. I mean, that's, what, like, that's just something silly that makes us laugh. Yeah. So, like, we, it has raisins in it. And yeah. uh, Robert, he was just like, let's just name it raise in hell. And I was like, all right, sounds good to me. So, yeah, that's what we do a lot of the times is we just anything that makes us laugh. Like I said earlier, bridge the, cap, uh, bridge the gap, Kolsch. That's, we just named that one because, I mean, it helps you. It's a, that beer that gets you. It's a lighter style beer, and it helps you bridge that gap from not non-craft beer beers into craft beers. So that's what that one was named after. Uh, the Milk Stout, we named it Meh because uh, one day we were scrolling through. There's an app that a lot of people use called Untapped, and uh, some people will write kind of like unsavory reviews, but one of them that made us chuckle is someone didn't even rate it anything and then just put meh in the description. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll take that and use that. And then um, the half a wise, and we named that one. A lot of people ask us, oh, is it a Walking Dead reference? Is it a lo- the Talking Llamas reference? Like, what is damn it, Carl? But honestly, that beer was named after... Uh, one of the only people extra that helps us in the brewery, his name is Kyle. And we used to say, damn it, Kyle, all the time. So we just, it's a German-style beer, so we just flipped it and named it Damn It Carl with a K and ran with that. And it makes us laugh. It's kind of like an inside joke. So that's how we named that one. And then the other beer that's up there, the Ermagerd Shoujushi. Yeah, yeah that, that one, because it made, made us laugh. We were making that beer, and... There was a meme uh, circulating around like a couple years ago with this this girl, and she had like uh, braces and red pigtails, and it said like Ermagerd on it, and we just went with it because it's very like uh, the hazy IPAs are very juicy and like orange juice like, so that's how we came up with that and just ran with like the whole saying it kind of like a valley girl with a lisp kind of like accent, so that's how we named that one. Now with that with that one, did it, it, it's orange juice like, but there's no orange juice in it, right? Correct, correct. Okay. But it, it almost looks exactly like orange juice too. It's mm. very hazy and has that orange appearance to it. So yeah, it, lo- it almost looks just like orange juice, but it, no, no orange juice. It's all just the hops and uh, that create that flavor. Wow, yeah, I've been hearing about that, Dylan, how all these fruit beers don't have any fruit. It's, it's, it's just the hops. So, I mean, is there certain hops that you look for when you, you say, okay, I want to make a orange juice-like beer with no orange juice? There's there are certain hops that you, you say, I, I can get those. That'll do it. Yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how every beer goes. I mean, like the, the main ingredients you have for your beer is, are your hops, your malt, your water, and your yeast. And between, um, between those ingredients, you just figure out, like, every hop has its own flavor profile of what it could add and, like, bitterness. And um, same thing with yeast. Yeast will add certain characteristics to a beer. So between all those four ingredients, you figure out, like, what will work best for that style of beer you're making. And that's, that's what you go with. Oh. So now, do you do or plan on doing any like seasonal beers or Christmas beers or fall beers? Is that is that something that interests you? Or yeah, of course, and uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to get into the habit of now. Like uh, recently, we did a one-off that was a uh, imperial white stout uh, aged on serrano peppers. So it was uh, it had that sweet savory from the uh, stout, but it had that heat on the finish from the peppers. And that was kind of like a, a winter winter beer for us. And in the future, yeah, we're trying to do like certain one for like spring, a certain one for like fall, things like that. Yeah. 
Oh, so one thing, uh, Dylan, about being in uh, Florida is kind of hot, kind of, kind of in a way, summer. Not always all year round, because in other places like where I'm originally from, Chicago, you know, you have actual seasons. So you might yeah. brew something for fall, you might brew something for spring, you might brew something for summer. But you still want to do that, but you might not get the effect, the same effect uh, with the temperature. I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's, uh, I mean, when people are into certain beers, they drink them year-round, believe it or not. Like, we didn't know if we'd keep the uh, stout year-round because we felt like more people, like, uh, in Florida might not be uh, partial to it as far as because, like, in the hotter months, you don't think, like, necessarily that someone would want to drink a stout. But there's tons of people that year-round just drink the stout. And they, like, when we first opened, they they asked us, like, please, like, so many breweries do not have keep a stout on year-round. Will you guys keep a stout on year-round? And we said, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And, I mean, as far as, like, the Hefweizen and Kolsch, we try to, like, it's, it's hotter in Florida. That's why those we try to keep those beers on year-round because, I mean, they're very, like, good, light, refreshing beers, so... So the Kolsch is pretty popular, but probably not only in the summer, but all year round. Not everyone yeah. likes the Kolsch. Yeah, yeah. Kolsch we keep year round, and we try to keep the Hefeweizen on top year round as well. Both of those. Oh, so those those two are always going to be there. So, I mean, right now, let's see. It looks like you've got five of your beers on, on tap. Is that about how many you usually keep? Or I mean, We try to keep it. The minimum is four. So we try to keep four or more, but we're really trying to push and, like, make a push in the future to slowly take over and, like, have all as many taps as we can at a time be ours. That's the, that's the goal for sure. Oh, so, yeah, that you want to have, uh, you know, as many as you can. But that's nice, Dylan, that you mentioned that the ones that do not say Inner Compass are ones that are brought in. So how did you choose those particular, you know, you want to support local craft breweries, but is, was there any process of choosing those beers? or We just try to keep a uh, wide variety. So uh, Robert, the brewer, actually does all the buying for the beer as well, and he just... He does it based on keeping a variety of different beers from light to dark, like a good spectrum of different beers and just stuff that really just interests like us. We know other people would like be interested in. And that's the only like the I mean, the real only um, guideline for that is it has to be from Florida where there's yeah, too many. Yeah. There's too many. <laughs> there's too many breweries in Florida to uh, like I, I love other craft beer breweries that aren't in the state, but there's too many breweries in Florida sport to not carry just florida beers in here so okay and now dylan i want to talk it looks like you've got a flight here uh you know for ten dollars which is mm-hmm. a good deal so now with this flight is that all of the five beers or four of the beers or how does that work uh the way we do our flights are you can choose like as long as it's not a specialty pour which would be anything that says eight ounce pour you can choose any beer you want so like any beer listed up there doesn't matter if it's ours or someone else's you just choose any four you want on the flight, and as long as it's not a specialty pour, you're good to go. Oh, so I mean, and again, you know, you probably, you know, you have people here that could, you know, let, you know, guide people if they're looking for a, a you know, a certain type of beer, you know, in in the flight. Then you could probably, if you say, I like this beer, this beer, and that beer, then you could try to get them all together in the flight. Huh? Yeah, that's what usually people do. I mean, that's a, like, honestly, if you're the first time you're going to a brewery, it's a, it's an awesome way if you're trying to try a broad, uh, 
broad variety of their beers, it's a good way to do that. So, I mean, that's that's the way to go. I know, like, a lot of people just getting into craft beer, and when they go to breweries, the first thing they do, the first time out to that brewery is they'll get a fight and try, and they'll figure out what from that brewery they really like, and then they'll get a pint of whatever after that, so... Oh, so that that's kind of the the idea that you could see what what you like and then you know g- get the pints of the the beer you like. Now I wanted to ask uh, D- Dylan, and I'm I'm sure you have your thoughts, but I mean, is it okay to mix all these? Be, well, I mean, I mix all the beers, but I mean, is it okay to have a Colst and a Stout and a this and a that? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's perfectly fine. It's just uh, when it we try to on the flight we put it in an order right. that we think is best to drink it in you don't right. have it's you're paying for it. you yeah. can drink it any way you want to drink it but i mean there's there's definitely a better order to drink stuff in from light to like leaving the hoppy because i mean the more hoppy a beer is it'll blow out your taste buds more so we try to like keep it from light and a lot of people think you drink a like if you have a hoppier beer like a ipa on the flight you would drink the and you had a stout as well you drink the stout last but honestly you should drink the ipa last because anything that's like super hoppy will like coat your taste buds and like affect the taste of everything else we try to like keep it in an arrangement so that you can enjoy every beer without like kind of like messing up the taste of another one yeah i didn't realize that uh with the the ipa you want to save that always for last so i mean does that mean like in drinking order if you're going to drink so many 16 ounce uh, pints to to kind of save the ipas for the last thing because like you said it it kind of coats the palate. yeah i mean if you're drinking like lighter beers and you're drinking ipas and stouts all mixed up yeah like ipas definitely would be like last because it's just the way that hops affect and coat the taste buds so yeah mm-hmm Okay, uh, Dylan, that sounds great. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back for our very last uh, segment. Uh, my guest today is uh, Dylan Bayshore from uh, Inner Compass Brewing Company, uh, 300 East uh, 2nd Street in beautiful Sanford, Florida, as we're continuing our look at uh, craft breweries in Central Florida. You are listening to the Mike Kara Radio Show, the Central Florida Buzz, here at uh, Inner Compass uh, Brewing Company, and please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of the Mike Kara Radio Show, the Central Florida Buzz, as today we are here at Inner Compass Brewing Company, 300 East 2nd Street in beautiful Sanford, Florida, as we are here covering another great uh, craft brewery in Central Florida, as we are here again at Inner Compass Brewing Company, and with me today is the owner of Inner Compass Brewing uh, Company, uh, Dylan Bayshore, and Dylan, pleasure on you could join me today as we talk all about this great craft beer of yours, and we also want to mention that you do do a couple of uh, things here. First of all, you do have food trucks, because I know a lot of people like to have, uh, you know... Well, I like to have beer, uh, food after the beer. So I, it would be nice to have a food truck. So you have a certain food trucks that uh, come here? Yeah, we just do. Uh, we have a variety of food trucks that come out. We usually, the, the main one that we worked with, though, is uh, Hale and Ono. They do Hawaiian food. And we also work with someone who has a uh, mobile uh, hot dog and bratwurst cart, which is awesome. They're called Pee Wee's hot dogs and catering they're awesome so we have like those two come out and then like every now and then we'll have somebody else come out oh and we also understand uh, dylan that you have like a, a comedy show once a month here then 
Yes, we have a monthly comedy show, and it's every third Friday of the month, and it's local comedians, and it's actually no cover. It's free. So just, I mean, it's a, it's a great event, and it's uh, awesome to come out and sport. Like, I mean, we do craft beer. Why not sport, like, craft, like, arts like that, like local comedians, local musicians, stuff like that. So that's why we do the comedy show. It's awesome. It kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we're doing here, so... Okay, and uh, Dylan, I wanted to definitely mention, you know, for our audience that, you know, be uh, coming in, maybe even from the Sanford Airport to Disney and Universal and all that, where you're you're located. So you're pretty much, this is downtown Sanford. Why don't you tell our audience uh, where to find you? Okay, so yeah, this is downtown Sanford. Uh, the easiest, the, the biggest landmarks that uh, most people know is we're right across the street from Cellar City Craft, which is a craft beer bar that has been around for a good while that uh, has over 50 taps of craft beer, and they do craft cocktails. And then uh, kind of on the opposite corner on the other end is a West End trading company which is also they do like um liquor craft beer and they have shows there so i mean those are the two major things that were like sandwiched in between that people would kind of know as landmarks to help find us oh so do you we're mentioning the airport do you have uh, do people tell you that they're they're coming in from the airport do you have visitors from around the world since the what's the airport like five minutes or where where yeah the airport's probably like a five to ten minute drive from here and yeah we do we do have people that come in and they'll have a beer or two while they're either they're like hey my flight's in like two hours from now and i'm just trying to do do something to kill some time or people will come in and they'll have beers like last night i had two guys and they were waiting to pick up their buddy at like he was his flight was landing at 11 o'clock so they were in here grabbing some beers before they had some dinner before they were going to grab them so i mean yeah that definitely happens people using the airport come down here and check out what we got going on and now, Dylan, I'm not sure if you uh, do anything with these beer festivals. I know my dad and myself, we, we love, uh, you know, one. I know that there's one coming up, at, you know, at the zoo. Do you do a lot of those, or are you involved in that? Uh, the previous years up to this year, we've always participated in the uh, Pints and Paws, which is a huge craft beer fest thrown by uh, West End and Celery City. And uh, we've always done that leading up to this point, and we've participated in the last couple Tom and Dan bad at business beer fest. This is like kind of like the first year we're like, now that we have our feet under us after being open over a year that we're starting to do more beer fest. So like we just last, yeah, it was last Saturday we did, um, the, um, central Florida top brewers, uh, beer yeah. festival where we had to make that Brown, uh, uh, ale with raisin and leeches. So that was like, and then the next one we plan on doing is the uh, Smash Fest, which is thrown by Hourglass. So yeah, we're definitely getting in a swing of like doing more and more beer fests to like get our name out there and participate more often. So, so with like I know with the Smash Beer Festival and the Top Brewer, you know, you bring your competition beer, but they also want you to I think it bring like at least an, another beer too. Is that so, something you do? I mean, you have a certain beer uh, that that you 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 bring to these festivals when it's not competition or Yeah, we'll either uh, I mean, we usually bring one of our we'll do the bring the competition beer and bring one of our core beers that we have to for people to try cuz not everybody has had those so like when we go out there it's a good good way to showcase the stuff we all like not just the competition beer we do but stuff that we always have available for people to come in and drink so 
great. Uh, so, you know, we, we saw that the road was being closed here. I mean, is there some sort of festival happening today? Or um, I think today <laughs> might be. There's, a, there's always something going down. Yeah, there's always something. I mean, here. like one of the best things to do to uh, that I tell people, and I forget often myself to use it as a resource, is there's a website called Sanford365.com. Right. So it's Sanford and then just the numbers 365.com. And they are really good at keeping up on all the events happening. They have like a monthly calendar that shows you everything happening for the month that you can come down and participate in. So it's a great resource for people to have for knowing what events are happening and when down here in downtown Sanford. Okay, Dylan, and before we go, we definitely want to talk about your social media. So you have a website then? Yes, we have a website. It's www.intercompassbrewing.com. And, uh, of course, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those good things. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have those resources. And on the website, has, like, descriptions of our beers. It has the hours we're open, our address, a little thing that you can click that helps, like, navigate you here from your smartphone. So we got all that good stuff on the website. Oh, and it, all the current beers are listed. So if it's if it says you have Raisin Hell on the website, that you've got you've got it here. That huh? yeah, correct. Yeah, if it's on there, we have it here. Oh, mm-hmm. oh great. Uh, so yeah, involved in all sorts of uh, you know so- social social media, and that that was kind of a must. Uh, you know, when you like you said, you started about a year ago then, and it that was just kind of, kind of had to be, had to be. You had to, to get that presence. Yeah, I mean, we started, we founded the company in 2014. That's what a lot of people are like, oh, man, you guys just opened last year. Why does it say established 2014? Well, we established in 2014. That's when we started all the social media and locked that down for that. And we've been using it ever since because, I mean, yeah, it's a must nowadays. If you're not on there, like, people don't know. So, I mean, you you have to be on there. You have to, like, when you're doing new stuff, post about it and make sure people can see that on those uh, different platforms. Okay, uh, Dylan, that sounds great. We really appreciate uh, your time, and it's, it looks like you've got a. And oh yes, we want to remember the, the remind everyone about the the growlers. So the growlers are something that you can take with you, and I understand that you probably should drink the. Uh, I don't think you could take the the growlers back to New York or whatever on the plane, but you know something to to enjoy at home within a reasonable amount of time, right? Yeah, that's right. Like if you, it depends. Like uh, we don't have a crowler machine, but if you got a crowler, it tends to stay fresh a little bit longer. But I've done like uh, a little bit of testing with our growlers and the way we film. We we purge our uh, growlers with uh, CO two air, make sure there's no air in there before we uh, fill it up and put a little bit on when we cap it up. And uh, once you get them, I drink them reasonably within like couple days and then like i've i've tested it and it like as long as you lock it up good and tight after you pour a little bit you get the growler tends to last over two days if you want but like i wouldn't go any further than that after you open it up okay and finally i dylan want to let every a couple of things that you've got wine available that you you know is is this florida wine or did you say or uh no it's from different uh places, oh, different we, places. we just have a good uh broad variety for people because not everybody 
necessarily that someone will come and they're not into craft beer right. so like we have that as a um option for them we have like sodas for the kids or people who don't drink alcohol and then we also on top of the uh wine we also started carrying some uh mia hard water which is actually from a uh is the from the brewery mia in florida so that's also an option it's a like a alcoholic sparkling water so Okay, and uh, yeah, also have a soda for the, the kids, and uh, just to let everyone know that it, it looks like no dogs in here, but you can you have them outside then? or Yeah, the dogs are allowed everywhere on the, the patio, out, out front, all that stuff, just not in the tap room. Oh, okay, uh, Dill, we, we really appreciate your time. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to m- mention here? I mean, uh, the only thing I like to say is like, if you're, if you're into craft beer and you haven't made it to downtown Sanford, yeah. you're definitely missing out because there's, there's four of us. There's going to be five of us. We also have a uh, toughies, which does their own ciders and has craft beer. And, uh, we also have the distillery, uh, loggerhead distilling company. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for one stop, like place to go that you can d- check out a wide variety of different craft uh, breweries, uh, a cidery, and a craft distillery, then downtown Sanford's the place to be. Okay, thanks so much. My guest has been uh, Dylan Bayshore from Inner Compass Brewing Company as we are here today covering another great uh, uh, craft uh, brewery. You're listening to the Mike Carroll Radio Show, the Central Florida Buzz here at Inner Compass Brewing Company, 300 East 2nd Street in beautiful Sanford, Florida. And uh, please catch us again next time. You've been listening to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know what's happening in Orange Lake, Osceola, and Seminole Counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and home brew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, and make wine by visiting www.cfhb.org. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you back here next week.